Hello everyone, this is Julio again with another episode for my God in You podcast and YouTube channel. This is actually part two of a small series that I'm doing titled, How the Voice of God is Experienced Within Your Mind Through Thoughts. In this specific episode, I'm actually going to be dealing with another aspect of this process. Now last week what we did was we reviewed some key portions of scripture which we're going to review in the next slide concerning the definition, in other words, what, when you're hearing the voice of God within your mind, there are five key components or five uh, key, probably better said, topics that you should be looking for in that thought process. So we reviewed that last week and we're going to review it briefly again this week. But in this specific episode, I want to add another layer of understanding concerning if you're truly trying to hear the voice of God and do what the Bible refers to as the will of God for every aspect of your life, then we must look at the main character of the scriptures and that is primarily Jesus the human being. How did he do it? Where did he experience? And this is experience and where where this is how we should be looking to train our minds in order for ourselves to experience the same type of this divine level of education within his mind that he received for every aspect of his life, whether that was ministry, that was diet, or finances, anything related to his life that was all experienced within his mind through thoughts and then we also realized in the last episode that we can't really do the ways of God what the Bible describes as a prescribed path of God unless we experience the thoughts of God within our minds through an educative experience so in this episode what I want to do is actually show you a little bit more content than what I've shared before concerning the word seek, S-E-E-K, that Jesus used in his ministry and that we find throughout the scripture in different portions of the Bible that refer to a specific process that I'm going to be sharing with you this morning. So in this episode, what we're going to do is actually look at thoughts through a morning mental seek process that develops into what I refer to as a searching study and examination process regarding your thoughts that develop into a daily educational experience with God. So let's get to work. Now, to summarize the last episode, there's a lot of content on this slide. So for those of you who are listening on this podcast, I highly encourage you to go to the YouTube uh, episode for this uh, actual lesson here to kind of see some of the details if you didn't capture that in the last episode. But what we did in part one of this series is that we reviewed Isaiah chapter 55 verses 6 through 9. Specifically, we were delving into verses 8 and 9 in that episode by defining the word thoughts. And what we found is that word thoughts there is actually a two-word term. And that is the word makasabah, makashabeth. And then we defined it specifically by each word. We define makasabah by simply by the definition of cunning works. In other words, skillful works. These are the things that, again, the works that are assigned, as we mentioned in the last episode, the works that are assigned for your life. These are the things that God wants you to do. These are the reasons why God created you, according to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. That there it says, of course, that we're created in Christ Jesus, where the workmanship of God created to do works that were before ordained or preordained for us to do. 
and we went over some of that in the last episode. And the second word, Mechasabeth, was defined using three key words, which were the words intention, plans, and purposes. And I have in parentheses here, uh, just simply giving a, a, a brief description of what intention is when it, when it refers to God. In other words, what God's will is. So when we're hearing God's thoughts in our life, for our lives, of course, that is going to entail His will. It's also going to entail strategies. In other words, plans that He gives us in order to fulfill His will. And then the reasons for His will. God gives us the understanding for the purposes for which He creates us. He, not only he reveals them, you know, nowadays everybody's looking for a purpose. You know, and we're reading books books and attending seminars and getting counsel and mentoring from different people, all good things. But truth be told, the best place to find the reason or the purposes for which God created you is to hear from them, from him himself regarding what they are. So we went into these five words. We found out that the word thoughts there regarding the voice of God is actually defined as intention, plans, purposes, and in cunning works. So whenever you're experiencing the voice of God, in other words, you're having conversation with Him regarding His will for your life, you're always going to have these key things being talked about to you or taught to you from God. So, and then we also in that episode uh, concluded with the fact that it's impossible to do the ways of God for our life unless we hear the thoughts of God for our lives. In other words, unless we hear what His purposes are, what His plans are, what His intentions are, in other words, what His will is, and also what the works are that He created for us to do. So once we understand those and then we put those in play, that's when the thoughts of God get converted into the ways of God. That's what we did in the last episode. So in this episode, I want to focus a little bit on another portion of the scripture that we just briefly read over, but we didn't really get into. And this is important because we have to understand the, one of the reasons why, actually it's the main reason why, that we don't hear the voice of God. And it's found in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 7. Here specifically it says, Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return to Jehovah or the Lord, and he will have mercy on him and to our God, and he will abundantly pardon. Now within Isaiah chapter 55 verse 7, we're going to actually unlock some understanding concerning three key words to fully better understand what this verse is saying. Now, first of all, let's begin with the word return. Now, that word return, and you've heard me share knowledge about this, is the word that we use in the New Testament for the word repent. And remember, it's not this uh, traditional religious uh, application of the word that I'm referring to. In other words, not the 180 changing your mind and asking for forgiveness, and normally, uh, you know, uh, uh, or any of those things that we normally hear when we talk about the word repent. But the word repent here actually is defined. And it's also defined the same way when you convert the Greek to Hebrew, when Jesus used the word and John the Baptist used the word and anybody else using the word regarding to the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God being experienced, is, is defined as a returning to one's place of residence where one sits. Let me explain that. Let me repeat it first. A returning to one's place of residence when one sits. So when one truly repents, 
what you're doing is returning back to the residence where you first began. And where was that residence that you always hear me talk about? Our very first place of existence on this earth and even in this whole totality of life is within this, the mind of God from before the foundations of this world. The ideal of our existence on this earth began at that time. So to return is to return to that place where we first call home, in other words. That's the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. And notice this definition where one sits. Remember the sitting that we've talked about numerous times in terms of posture of meditation. And uh, Acts chapter 2, where they were all sitting in one accord and, and what that really meant uh, that I described in the mystery of the kingdom of God revealed. But really, when one returns, when one returns, return to, to God. It's not just, you know, going back to church. I mean, that's a form, I guess, an expression of returning back to God if you're backslidden or something like that. Uh, not to make light of it, but it's deeper than that. To truly return, to truly repent is actually to posture your mind to experience your first birth environment. In other words, the Spirit of God, your Father, and to sit there and allow him to teach you. And we see this reality when we understand the word wicked and the reason why we don't experience this level of divine education from God within our minds. The word wicked there is the word rasha. And it's defined as someone who has departed from the correct path or way. Remember, the ways of God, thoughts of God, I converted into the ways of God. So the word wicked here, again, is someone who has departed from their correct path or way. Now, I'm just talking about Julio. I departed from the paths or the ways of God ever since I began to learn. In other words, my parents never taught me how to experience this. Now, when I became a born-again believer at the age of 26, you know, in the traditional Christian uh, uh, way of doing things, I thought that I was returning back to that, but yet there was a limitation to that whole experience. They truly didn't teach me the place that I departed from because they never taught me that I had was, would belong in that place to begin with. In other words, they never taught me that the, what they should have been teaching me all along is to learn how to not just locate God within my mind, but how to repent. In other words, how to position or posture my mind to sit in order for him to teach me. And the reason for that is because I fell under the other the category of this next word that we're going to share with you. And that's the word unrighteousness. Now the word unrighteousness here unlocks a lot of depth concerning this verse. It's actually the Hebraic word aven. And for those of you who've been following for a while, for me for a while, you know where I'm going with this. This is the Hebrew word or one of the words for the word iniquity that Jesus used in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. Now that word unrighteousness is defined simply as iniquity. But the full definition of iniquity, according to this word, is to use the power that is within the loins of the mind, that is purpose to reproduce and create, and we're talking about God's will here, and to use that power instead for vain or other improper purposes. So again, the power that we have within us is, is the ability to discern the voice, or in other words, the thoughts of God within our minds. So when we're experiencing 
this unrighteousness because of our being wicked, because we haven't we departed from the original place of our existence, because we have we were never taught how to return to that place. And this is huge. And I'm going to be explaining this a lot more in depth in future episodes. But the reality is, according to these definitions, now I'm speaking for Julio only, even though I was involved in church, even though I got baptized, in the name of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, and all the titles and everything else, and all these different uh, things that I went through, and even though I went through all these courses and all this, all this stuff, the reality was, I'm just talking about myself, I was still in that wicked state of being, because I had never taught how to return, how to truly repent in order to experience the Spirit of God within me as a teaching spirit. And the reason for that is because I was an unrighteous man. In other words, my thoughts were not the thoughts of God. My ways were not the ways of God, even though I thought that they were, even though I thought that I was doing right. And again, let me just clarify what I'm about to say by saying this is that even though I was in traditional religion for over 20 years and did all these great things and improved my life, and it was good, and God was pleased. God was cool with that, but there was another level that God wanted me, uh, God wanted pleasure in, and that was for me to specifically learn from Him versus always learning from other human beings, especially concerning spirituality, especially concerning the Bible and God's ways. Well, again, this is where meditation became the mat- that that. Uh, that miracle, that medicinal effect that I talk about where it became a medicine to my body, my soul, and my spirit because it was then that I truly began to heal in every area of my life and more on that in the future. So going back to this word unrighteousness, this is the same word again that Jesus used specifically in verse 23. And in that reading, he said, I never knew you depart from me, you who practice or work iniquity. Now, we have to remember that these people that approached Jesus in this conversation, this biblical passage, they were doing the same exact things that Jesus was doing. They were casting out devils, they were prophesying, they were doing all this miracle, wonderful works, all in the name of the Lord. But yet, he, taught, he told them, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the will of my Father? You see, so in other words, even though those were all good things, they weren't the right things for their life because it wasn't part of the purposes, plan, strategy, or the cunning works that God has specifically for those people's lives. Those works were specifically for Jesus. This is why, and I know this is going to sound strange to some, we should never try to be like Jesus. We should always try to do what Jesus did. In other words, we should never try to replicate the miracles, the works that Jesus did. We should always do what he did, which was he went inside his mind in order to get an education from God as to what those specific things were for his life. And this is what we should be doing. This is why the response that was given uh, in Matthew chapter 7 was given. In other words, you're trying to copycat something that is not the will of God for your life, in other words. And this is huge because this is what I was guilty of. I was fully iniquitized, for lack of a better expression, not even knowing it. Even though I was attending service two to four times a week, even though I was giving a good portion of our income to the church, even though I was involved in all kinds of different ministries, even though I was involved in all of those traditions and all of those works, you know, that I was told that that would, that would please God. The reality was that according to these definitions found in Isaiah chapter 55 verse 7, I was wicked and I was unrighteous. Now, where do we get righteousness from? I'm going to go ahead of myself. You already know the answer for those who have been following me. 
Jesus said, seek first, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, He said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. So in other words, when you're seeking the kingdom of God within you, according to uh, uh, Luke chapter 17, verse 21, when you hear the words, in other words, you hear Him speak to you through thoughts, that's what's right. And that's what becomes righteousness for your life. And again, that wasn't Julio's experience when I was involved in traditional Christianity for over 20 years. So even though I was doing the good things and in major improvements in my life compared to how I formerly lived before, there was still another level, the ultimate level that God wanted me to experience. In other words, God wants us, He wants all of us to experience, and that is to experience Him for ourselves within our very own minds. In other words, to truly repent in order to place ourselves in our first birth environment, and that is experiencing the mind of God within our minds, and we do that sitting attentively in order to hear instruction and also in order to have conversation regarding what those instructions are and any other topic that God may reveal to you. Now, the reason why it's vitally important to hear the voice of God, in other words, the thoughts of the will of God for our personal lives, is because of Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. We reviewed this one also last week. Depending on your translations, uh, translation that you're reading from, this verse will be like this. There are many devices. Some translations will say plans. Some translations will say purposes. But when you look at the definition of that word that you're having in your Bible, depending on the translation, you'll see that it's the same word that we found in Isaiah chapter 55. It's the makasabah, makasabeth. So in other words, it's thoughts. So again, there are many thoughts in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord that shall stand. So even though all of these thoughts and plans and all these purposes that we may be doing with our lives may be good, can we honestly and truly say that they originated in terms of the reason why we're doing them from the counsel of the Lord Himself within our minds? And again, in my case, the answer is no, to be firm. Uh, I mean, I, I have no other way to say it. But see, I was told this is how you do ministry. This is what we believe that you should be doing. This is what your gift is, and this is where we need you. And again, uh, I served it the best I could, had success in doing all that. But truth be told, it didn't come. The con that counsel didn't come from the Lord Himself pertaining to my life. And this now, with all of that being said, the reason why it's vital to learn to hear the voice of God. For our personal lives is because of what Proverbs chapter 19 verse 21 describes. We reviewed this in the last episode, but I think it's important that we see it again. In that episode and in this reading, it reads like this. Again, Proverbs chapter 19 verse 21. There are many devices in a man's heart, nevertheless the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. Now, depending on your translation, instead of devices, you might have the word plans, you might have purposes. It doesn't matter which word you have there. The reality is, is that, that that word, devices, plans, or purposes, is actually defined as the same word that we've been reviewing concerning the thoughts of God from Isaiah chapter 55. It's the two-word expression, Mecca Sabah, Mecca Sabeth. Now, notice it also says that nevertheless the counsel of the Lord, that shall stand. Now, within my mind in my past, I had all kinds of plans and purposes and strategies and everything that I was doing. And again, having great success at it. You know, but truth be told, I didn't get those ideas 
from God. In other words, I wasn't counseled or schooled by God regarding these purposes. And this is why, again, it's hugely important to learn how to hear the voice of God or discern the voice of God for your own life because we can be guilty as I was of doing somebody else's will, somebody else's assumed purposes for your life. And this happens every single day. You know, you've heard me say this before and I'm gonna say it again because it's worth repeating. And that is, everybody is, you know, well, I say a lot of people are trying to find the purposes for their life. The best place to find the purposes for your life is within your mind when you hear God tell you and teach you how to fulfill them. That's the most effective way to do it. And this, again, is something that Proverbs chapter 19, 21, I was guilty of because, again, I was on that category of being wicked and unrighteousness because I didn't know how to return, how to repent, how to sit, how to sit with God in order to be schooled by God. And this is huge because it's also connected to not being able to discern between good and evil, even though we are all inherently equipped to do so. And this is going to be the topic of the next episode. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. Now, let me now switch gears a little bit and go into this word seek in a way that, of course, we're going to not just def only define it, but also uh, superimpose it, if I can say it that way, I can't think of a better expression as to how Jesus used and experienced the word seek. Now we know, if you didn't follow me for a while, you know how, how I love Isaiah chapter 50 verses 4 and 5. Those are prophetic statements concerning Jesus' prayer life. Now, when we look at the full counsel concerning Jesus' uses and intent of the word seek that we find in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 and in Luke chapter 12 verse 31, what we'll see is another level of understanding of how he did it and how we are encouraged by him to experience the same. Remember, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And of course, we know that in Luke chapter 17, verse 21, he told us the kingdom for the kingdom of God is within you. Now, let's begin by the Greek terminology of the word seek. It's the word zateo. Now, according to Thayer's Greek definitions, it is defined as to find by thinking interesting so sink the kingdom of god that is within you so how you do it according to this greek translation is you find it by thinking this is the how in other words meditating and for those of you who have uh, thayer's greek definition resource look at it for yourself specifically in, in subtopic 1b it actually says that how you do it is by meditating so in terms of how you seek, that's the how. If you want to experience the kingdom of God within, it has to be done through thinking, through meditating. We're going to, we're going to delve more into that in the near future. Now, let's look at the other multi-perspective and application of the Greek to Hebrew translation of the word seek that Jesus used. We're going to begin with the word bene. And according to Brown's Divers, uh, Driver's Briggs definitions, it is defined, this is the word seek again, to separate mentally. And it's also defined as the ability to discern between two or more thoughts and to pursue the understanding of the mind. Deep definitions here. Again, one of the definitions for the word seek. So when you're seeking first the kingdom of God within your mind through thinking or through meditating, the purpose is to discern 
between the differences between two or more thoughts. That's what discernment is. Once you understand how to discern the voice of God, you'll know it from that place on, from that point on in your life, as long as you continue to practice it. I'm telling you, discernment must be practiced. It must be experienced, hopefully, on a daily basis. And once you learn to discern the voice of God, it just happens automatically. There is no more discernment of or trying to figure out what thought is God's and what's not. In other words, you're hooked. In other words, you're trained your brain in order to experience the original purpose that God created the human mind, which is to, again, to experience his mind within it primarily as a teaching spirit. So going back to the Hebrew translation of the word seek, in this particular case, Bennett, this is the inherent ability that we all have. This is the how we do it through intentional mental focus. In other words, meditation. When you're learning to discern, you're learning to know the difference of source or origin of a thought process. More of that, more on that in the future. The most common word for the word seek is the Hebraic word derash. And that definition, or that word is defined as to visit frequently, to search for frequent commentary of the meaning of a story. Let me repeat that. Darash is defined to visit frequently and to search for the frequent commentary of the meaning of a story. For those of you who have read my resources, my books, when I define this word, this is what Jesus did every day. When he was darashing, what he was doing every morning by morning, frequently, you know, morning by morning, he would go into here as one who was being taught. And, the re and how, what he was experiencing was the frequent commentary from God concerning the meaning or the story of his life. This is the book on your life that Proverbs chapter, or excuse me, Psalms chapter 30, 139 verses 16 through 18 uh, speak about. So what is interesting also about uh, this word derash, according to the Browns Drivers Briggs definitions, again, this is interesting. It is defined as to allow oneself to be consulted only by God. Let me read that definition again. When you're seeking first the kingdom of God within your mind, what you're doing is you're allowing yourself to be only consulted by God within your mind. It doesn't mean that you can't experience counsel from another human being regarding something else. But I'm talking about regarding the will of God for some type of aspect of your life. One of the other definitions that it gives for the word derash. I love this one. And it means to bring in the eyes of God. To bring in the eyes of God. In other words, for God to show you what he sees for your life. And Psalms 32 verse 8 talks about this, where it says, I will instruct and teach you in the way that you shall go, and I will guide you with my eye. This is where we, got, we get vision from. We're going to be talking about that in a future episode as well. But the point I want to get here with the word derash here, it's also important to understand that this, again, is what Jesus himself was speaking. Now let's look at the other important word for the word seek that is attached to the word that Jesus used. And that's the Hebrew word shakar. And it's just defined as to dawn, D-E-N. A-W-N. For those of you who know dawn is, dawn is actually when the sun begins to rise. It's the morning. And also is defined as to diligently search for something early morning. So when you're seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
you're doing it primarily, or you should do it, I encourage you to do it, and Jesus did the same thing early in the morning before your normal day of activities. In other words, the beginning of your day should be an experience where you're getting educated by God pertaining to whatever His will is for your life for that particular day. Now, another definition that I absolutely love concerning the word shakar, um, once again, a Hebrew translation for the word seek, it, it's defined as the portal of worship. It's the entry point of worship. And this is what meditation is for me. It's worship. When I sit and I'm experiencing God as an educator within me, I'm experiencing worship. This is what honors God the most. God is most honored when He's heard and learned from and when His purposes for one's life is fulfilled. That's when God loves. This is when He experienced the, the joy of the Lord, the Bible describes, and, and everything else that comes with pleasing God. Now, this is actually the when and the ultimate purpose of the experience. So the, the when is in the morning and the ultimate purpose of seek is to experience the portal or the entry point of worship at the beginning of your day by being schooled by God. Now another Hebrew translation for the word seek that is attached to the word that Jesus used is the Hebrew word matzah and it means to meet in a hidden place. Remember, Psalms 51 verse 6 talks about this when it says, Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. And for those of you who have, have, have my books, you already know what this verse is. Isaiah 54 and 6, it is lit up with revelation. I have that primarily in the mystery of prayer revealed, in the mystery of the kingdom of God revealed in some of my other videos. But this is actually one of the most powerful verses that actually is one of the proofs that God begins His existence within the human mind within a mother's womb. We'll talk about more about that later as well. Now notice again, it says, Behold, you desire truth. Remember what is truth? The language of God. In the inward parts and the hidden part, you will make me to know wisdom. Now, I'm not going to do it here, but the reference to the, in, hidden, the inward parts and the hidden part is a reference to the kingdom of God within. And it is there that you will make me to know wisdom. Remember what wisdom is. Wisdom is getting pregnant with faith from God. Getting pregnant with some type of instruction that God gives you the details about what it is and how to fulfill it. And more on that in, in, in the future as well. So experiencing matzah from the Sikh level is this is where this experience, is experienced and, and its purpose. So the where experience is in the inward parts or in the hidden part or the kingdom of God or slash the kingdom of heaven within our minds. And again, we all have it. This is your inherent school of divinity. Now the last Hebraic word attached to the word Sikh that Jesus used is the word bakash. And in that particular definition, is defined as to search for something or to search for answers within yourself. And this is the why you should do it. In other words, we should be getting answers for God for everything that we go through in life. And as specifically, mainly, we should be getting answers as to reasons why we're on this earth, folks. And that can only be found within the mind of God, within your mind, if you truly learn how to discern the voice or the thoughts of God within your mind. Now in this slide, I want to share with you some verses that speak to this process that I'm sharing with you. Specifically in Psalms 63 and 1, which reads, O God, you are my God, early will I seek you. That's that word shakar there. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. 
Now, remember the word water there is synonymous with the word truth. We sure, you've heard me talk about that before. One of the definitions you'll hear about the word truth when God speaks, He's nourishing you. And this element of water is constantly described depending on where it's found in the scriptures. But here, it says, Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. Now, again, I'm not sure if you've experienced thirst, but I have, and it's not a comfortable feeling, but that's how bad, you know, we must want to be able to experience this morning process. It's like, in other words, Lord, I need a drink from you. In other words, I need the water of the word, you know what I'm saying, washing of the word, you know, whatever word you want to use, because the word water is synonymous with the word truth. In other words, how God speaks, and, there's, and that's for different reasons, and you've heard me share with us this before. Water cleanses, water nourishes, water sustains life, water gives life, and there's different reasons why the Bible describes the voice of God as water. But the point that I want to bring off of Psalm 30, uh, 63 and 1 is this, and it says, early will I seek you. In other words, the beginning of your day. Proverbs 8 and 17 speaks of the same. It says, I love them that love me and those that seek, he goes Shakar again, me early shall find me. If you truly want to find God, is best to pursue or to find him in the morning. And there's a number of different reasons that I can give you regarding that neurologically. It's when our bodies are the freshest, it's when our bodies have rested because of sleep, it's when our, our brains are more adaptive to learning, it's when we're able to discern the best. And that's, once again, time frame to do that during the day is preferably and is more effective in the morning. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 9 reads this, with my soul I desired you in the night. Yes, with my spirit within me I will seek you early. There goes Shakar again. For when your judgments are in the earth, the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. Now, remember, I've, 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 I shared with you before, when you're experiencing the Spirit of God as a teaching spirit, what you're doing is you're positioning your soul to be a classroom. This is the reason why morning by morning, Jesus did what he did because night by night, he went to bed early enough to prepare for his morning education the following day. This is why, for those of you who know the history, they didn't have clocks. They didn't have of all of these um, uh, you know, type of lights that we have, fluorescent, LED, or unnatural lights. Their day began at sunup and it ended at sundown. After that was rest time. And then the next day began at sunup. Well, in this particular verse, it says, my soul desired you in the night. That's the reason why I go to bed early in order to experience God in, in the beginning of my days because my soul, the classroom of my mind, is looking forward to experience the Spirit of God as a teaching spirit. And that's when I position my spirit to be a student of God early in the morning in order for me to get the judgments of God. In other words, the things that He speaks to me that establishes order from my life. Those what judgments do. They are another definition for that word judgment is law and truth. Remember, law creates order. Truth is the language of God. It happens for me primarily in the morning times. And this is how I, as an inhabitant of this earth, learn righteousness directly from the righteous God himself. You know, so there's no other, there's no, there's the best way to learn righteousness is by experiencing the thoughts of God within your mind. Again, 
Proverbs chapter 2, verses 1 through 6 speaks about this abundantly. And I'm not going to go through all the details. I have another video concerning that in my YouTube channel if you want to go back to that. But in this verse, or these verses, I should say, it says, My son or my offspring, if you receive my words and treasure my commands, where? Within you. And where within you, of course, within our minds. So that you incline your ear to wisdom. Remember, that's getting pregnant with the ideals and the faith of God. And apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment or knowledge. Now, I shared with you in a prior episode, that word cry there is a cry out, expression cry out. It doesn't mean, oh, God, help me, crying out. You know, like in other words, it's, by definition alone, it's, it actually means to ask for a meeting. That's all the word means, it's the Hebrew kara. So when you're crying out in the morning, verbally, I don't, you know, God, where are you? No, in the morning, I kara. My soul is crying out for a lesson. In other words, I'm looking for discernment or knowledge from God on that particular day for that particular week, that particular assignment, that thing that God has been schooling me on, whatever it is, whatever it is that God is educating me on, I'm looking for that experience to happen in the morning. That, again, is where I get the righteousness of God from my own life. And this is where we should all get the righteousness of God for our lives as well. Now, the latter part, part of Proverbs chapter 2 says, and, and lift up your voice for understanding. Verse 4 says, if you seek, there goes that one of the words there, bequash, to search for answers, for her as silver, and search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Again, there's a lot of content here, and I'm not going to go through this. I just got some highlights here. Again, when you cry out, you're asking for a meeting from God. And you're asking because you want to have, acquire knowledge from God through discernment. You want to discern his voice. And, and through that, you're going to actually acquire understanding. Understanding, again, is further explanation of the knowledge that God gives you. And through that process, you're going to get answers for every aspect of your life. And you're going to do so by searching for it, like searching for hidden treasures. Remember the hidden treasures is that I described in a prior episode and partly in the book, The Mystery of the Kingdom of God Revealed, that when you're experiencing or you're searching for God's hidden treasures, what you're, you're searching for is His wisdom. This has nothing to do with money and gold and houses and all these other things that traditional Christianity says that God wants to bless you with. And I'm not saying that God doesn't want to bless you with. I'm just saying in this particular verse, this is not the hidden treasure. The hidden treasure is actually words, hearing thoughts from God. In other words, getting knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Remember what knowledge, understanding, and, and wisdom is all about. The formula that I gave you uh, uh, in a prior episode. When God is speaking to you through thoughts, that's knowledge. When He's explaining that knowledge, that's understanding. When He's giving you instructions on how to fulfill that knowledge, understanding He just gave you, that's wisdom. That's part of that plans and strategies that I was referring to before in one of the translations for the word seek. And what happens as a result? That once you experience it, then you'll truly understand what the fear of the Lord is. You know, the fear of the Lord is not about being afraid of God. You know, God's going to send me to hell. No, get that stuff out of your head. Trust me, it has nothing to do with the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord has to do with reverencing or honoring God by posturing yourself to be taught by Him. This is how I experience fear of God. In other words, if I don't sit and learn from God, you know, on a consistent basis, then... I'm not experiencing the fear of the Lord because 
I'm not reverencing God. I'm not honoring Him because I'm not open to what He has to share with me for that particular day. And it's even deeper than that. For those of you who want more understanding what the fear of the Lord is truly all about, the mystery of the kingdom of God revealed, that book is for you. And then in the latter part of this verse, it says, you will understand the fear of the Lord and, the, and find the knowledge of God. And where does it happen? Where does it experience? It comes from His mouth. For it is through His mouth that He gives wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And where does it happen again? Within you. And how does it happen? Through a seek process. And how did Jesus experience this inherent, this inherent early learning educational environment for His life, for every facet of His life? Well, again, Isaiah chapter 50 verses 4 and 5 tell us that morning by morning he went through this seek process that I just shared with you. And we see him demonstrating that in Mark chapter 1 verse 35 where it says at the beginning of his day, before his day even began, what he would do, he would go out to this place, place and he would go and what we call pray. And remember what I shared with you, it wasn't just talking to God. He was prayer from that word pray, the palal hipfa, is actually a reference to having communication, having conversation with God. It means to be discipled by God. So prayer is just not you talking to God according to this word that is used for Jesus in Mark 1.35. It actually in, in, uh, encompasses an entire experience when you are actually having conversations with God within your very own mind. And this is what Jesus was experiencing every single day of his life once he was taught to experience, experience it. And that's what we should be learning how to do so as well. So in terms of some suggestions, then I'm going to just quickly summarize you because I'm going to be going into some more depth in terms of another format that I'll be doing concerning some of the teaching concerning meditation. But I want to encourage you, if you haven't done so already, look at the other series that I had about the nine things that you should consider uh, when meditating, uh, that's on my YouTube channel. And also, how I meditate, you'll see uh, some content regarding there. So some of that is actually here from this list I'm going to give you here. But I just want to quickly give you some suggestions. Remember that when you're learning how to hear the voice of God, that this is the mental process or the mental educational experience that you should have received when you were a child. Remember, Proverbs 22 and 6, train up a child in the way or the prescribed path that he or she should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Trust me, if you haven't seen it already, check out my video titled Proverbs 22 and 6 from a deeper, more effective perspective and application. And you'll get more understanding as to why I'm sharing with you as a suggestion in this video. Because that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to go back to the education that we should, we should have got when we were children. Remember, the original purpose that God created the human mind is to experience His mind within us, a teaching spirit. We should have been taught that when we were younger, had our parents taught that when we were younger, when we were old, we wouldn't depart from that process. And this is what Jesus was taught as a human being. This is what John the Baptist, again, all this knowledge in the mystery of the kingdom of God revealed in my book there. I give you all that whole educational process regarding this. Now, this is also the same process of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Study earnestly to present yourself to God, a workman that does not need to be ashamed, right and divided the word of truth. Now concerning that verse right there, I have a video called The Deeper Meaning of 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. Remember, it doesn't say study the Bible. It clearly says that we're supposed to study ourselves. Traditional Christianity uses that verse to say that studying of the scriptures. That's not what this verse is teaching. It clearly says that we should study ourselves to see if we're in an approved state of being so that truth and the language or the experience of thoughts of God can be rightly divided to us. And what is the purpose of the studying of the mind is to discern again. 
so that we can dif differentiate between one thought process and another to find out what's God's and what's not. Let me also encourage you, if you are doing it already, to wake up early. Remember Shakar, that's a portal of worship. It's to find a place to practice. Seriously consider your posture when, when practicing in order to eliminate body discomforts. And we'll talk about more of that in the future as well, as I also have some more content regarding the importance of this in the other series that I had concerning the nine things that you should consider when you're learning how to meditate in order to hear and learn from God. And of course, make the life-changing decision to practice consistently at the beginning of your day. Trust me, if you can fit that in, and I'm sure you can, you know, uh, when I began to learn how to do this, all I did was simply, you know, woke up a little bit earlier. And then what I did was I transferred that working earlier time into simply being a normal part of my day. So I don't wake up earlier to experience God as a teaching spirit. When I wake up, I take care of all my bodily functions, you know, go through my morning routine, and then I go to my quiet place. I get all of my resources together. Remember, I'm, 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 I'm going to get schooled by God, and, and we'll, we'll talk about more about how I do it, um, and you'll see some of that in the video, is that I set up my, my uh, meditation time with God as an educational environment. I always bring a recording device. I, I use my earplugs. I use, uh, I make sure I'm in, in a quiet place where I won't get distracted. I take care of all family matters so I can just go in and just do this, get the mind of God for my day, and then boom, you know, experience it and then be blessed because of it. In the beginning, as you develop your practice, it's not, there's nothing wrong with using mind-calming techniques and or tools if necessary to help reduce or eliminate competing thoughts. Now, I mentioned earplugs. I use earplugs probably 98% of the time right now when I'm, learn when I'm meditating specifically in the mornings. I don't always use them, uh, but in my mornings, almost always I do. And what it does, it just helps to close out you know, sounds. I also close my eyes. You know, I, I like to meditate in, a, in a, a, a darkened room, and normally it's in a closet. And the reason for that is because of distracting light and distracting you know, uh, things that I may see. You know, so all of this to say this, that if you want to understand a bit more about techniques and why that's important, check out the, the, things, uh, the videos again about the nine things you should consider when learning how to meditate. Now, this is important. Many of us, and we all had it, examine your life. Many of us have had conversations in our head within our, with ourselves or with someone else. We have all had them. We've all had self-talks. We have all had conversations with others in our minds. You know, normally we do when we're arguing with somebody. You have this fight in your mind. And, and, and isn't it funny that whenever you're having an argument with, with somebody in your mind, you're the one, you always win, right? <laughs> but if it happens, the natural doesn't always come out like that. But my point I want to bring across with this is that we already do this, but we just have to repurpose the process of our thinking in order, first of all, to discern the voice of God. And then once that happens, begin to have conversation with the voice of God. And I'm telling you, I call it self-to-self -self talk. I call it God-to-God -God talk. I call it spirit-to-spirit -spirit talk. This is when you got it. This is when now you're actually in that mode of just learning from God, depending on what it is that he, is, he wants to school you on, or he wants to encourage you about, or who he wants to make you aware of pertaining to something important regarding your life and His will for your life. So we've all done this. We've all come across a thought process that relates to something important in our lives. And this is where I want you to learn how to begin the discernment process. When you're learning how to meditate and you come across a thought 
and you know it's important related to, your, related to your life, examine it for those five words that we looked at in the, the word for thoughts when it relates to God speaking. And that is intention, plans, purposes, and cunning works. In other words, if it has something to do with those, then go with it. In other words, follow that thought process. Have a conversation with it. I'll give you an example here. Um, and this is the one I love to use because it's the one that's so important to me uh, because it saved my life, literally, is that when I was going through my health crisis and I began to, you know, get thoughts about diet, you know, I'm like, diet, you know, food, you know, and that was, you know, a strategy. That was one of the strategy. And then the more I learned how to hear the voice of God, God was revealing to me about the alkalinic diet. You know, and then I began to learn through other resources about the different acidic foods and alkaline foods, and I won't bore you with details regarding that. But the point is, is that I began to have a conversation with a strategy. In other words, you know, something like this: God, do you mean that I should need to change my diet? You know, and these were the kind of things. Yes, food is medicine, and God began to give me understanding. And 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 within that conversation, you know, I found a strategy of changing my diet. But within that conversation, also purpose showed up. In other words, God revealed to me the reason why and how it was a part of His will and some of the works even, how to go about doing it, watching out for certain you know, things that I shouldn't put in my body and, and just details like that. Same thing with my marriage. When I was having marital issues with my wife, you know, I just had uh, this thought in my life is that, you know what, Julio, I, there has to be a better way of doing this, you know? And, and that thought, thought process alone. Remember, I had thoughts and plans and purposes and devices within my own mind in terms of how to do marriage and they weren't working. So when I began to have that thought process, I was beginning to think about and God simply stepped in and simply revealed to me what I needed to think, how I needed to think, and how I needed to treat my wife in order to put in play an improvement in my marriage. And boy, what was that for? I mean, I took my marriage to 10 and it's still, been, you know, it's still there, you know. Me and my wife have a phenomenal marriage. And it didn't begin to happen until I began to get schooled by God, until God began to counsel me and actually became a therapist uh, for my life and my marriage. And the same thing happened to me with our finances. You know, our finances have dramatically improved now that we understand the reasons for them that God gives us in terms of why He gives them to us and how He wants us to disperse wherever He wants to. Remember the joyful giver? You know, uh, uh, we know that the Scripture talks about that God loves a cheerful giver, right? Well, the Scripture says that we're supposed to give according to what? The thoughts of God. That's really what that verse, 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 7, I believe it is, talks about. In other words, when God schools you on where and how to give and why He's telling you to give, that's when you become a cheerful giver because you're giving according to His purposes. You're taking your sustenance, your finances, and giving it to a work that is assigned by God and not assumed by God, as many people give nowadays, unfortunately, in church. So again, as you begin to have a mental thought process regarding something that is important to your life, begin to have conversation with it. Remember the art of asking questions from the mystery of prayer revealed. And that is that the, the asking questions is what fuels conversations with God. And this is how you get the answers from God. Remember the other word, bakash? This is the same thing. And this is, again, this is how you get pregnant, what the Bible calls, calls a she and her. In other words, the wisdom of God. And that's how you acquire 
belief systems, in other words, the faith of God for every aspect of your life. And then again, remember that when you're learning how to do this, remember that God sounds like you because He is within your thinking. He's within your mind. So the reason why I put that little point in there is because sometimes we're looking for this booming voice that we see in the, you know, the old Charleston Heston movies, the Ten Commandments, you know, Moses, Moses, you know, God, God sounds just like you. How you discern whether it's God or not is based off of the content. In other words, the subject matter of thought. Remember, look for purpose, look for uh, intention, and look for cunning works, right? And then look for plans or strategies, something related to those key words. And chances are, if you link up to it and begin to have a conversation with that thought process, you'll learn and you'll know that you're experiencing the voice of God within your mind through thoughtful conversations. So I hope that this episode has been a blessing to you that it actually uh, expounded a little bit more on the last episode. But in this episode, in terms of the how to experience the voice of God within your mind, I really wanted to bring out this word seek and understand uh, a little bit more of the full counsel of the word that Jesus used regarding it and understand that it should happen in the beginning of your day it happens within your mind, and there are specific things that you should be experiencing as a result of it. Now, in the next episode, what I'm going to be doing is giving you an understanding of the Bible's concept of good and evil from a deeper, more educative perspective and application, and why God created evil according to Psalms 45 and 7, and how to use this knowledge in the discernment learning process and in life, and as a result, I'm guaranteeing this. You will not become sinless, but you will learn how to sin less with your life. Because God will actually begin to teach you what is sin and what is not sin for your life. You know, truth be told, and I won't go into details here, but religion taught me that these kind of things were sin. God told me, no, let me tell you what is sin for your life. Let me tell you where you're missing the mark. And the greatest sin that I was committing was that I wasn't in tune. In other words, I wasn't being schooled by God in terms of what His will was for my life. And that's the reason why I was unrighteous. And that's the reason why I was wicked. And I wasn't possessed with no devil and none of that stuff. I'm not talking about wickedness from that perspective at all when it, terms, when it comes to the word wickedness and unrighteousness that we, we defined earlier. It's just how the Bible describes someone that isn't in the path of God, uh, uh, in the path for their life pertaining to every aspect of their life. Remember, God has a path or a way for every area of your life. So if you think of the important areas of your life, whether it be your marriage, relationships, uh, whether it be your finances, whether it be your health, uh, whether it be your relationship with your children, your family, friends, uh, whatever it is, your business or anything, all of that, God has something to say and something to teach you about if you position yourself to be taught concerning them. So also be on the lookout for an upcoming format of teaching that I'm going to be doing uh, where I'm actually going to be sharing scripture as what I refer to through meditation templates that serve as key of knowledge, forms of instruction, and I'm also going to couple that with actual meditation practices or sessions so that you know we can begin to learn this together. Um, so kind of the idea that I got is maybe share 10 or 15 minutes uh, regarding a scripture 
And there's the Bible is filled with them. I call them meditation templates, but they all speak to when you understand them from definitive root word perspective about how to go within the mind in order to experience, experience the Spirit of God within you as a teaching spirit. Well, I'm going to be sharing a different format of teaching. So I'm going, to, I'm going to teach, I'm going to share the knowledge, and then we're actually going to sit and practice together. And then we're going to have a little summarization. And so be looking out for that. That's actually coming up in the very near future. So until the next episode, let me encourage you with this. And that is that the greatest learning environment that you'll ever find on this earth is not through another human being. It's not even on physically on this earth in terms of a building or in terms of a structure. Where it's at is actually within the structure or the building, I guess. Yes, it is. The temple of your very own body. And with that environment comes the greatest teacher that you'll ever experience. And that's the Spirit of God Himself. So until the next episode, remember to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, for the kingdom of God is already within you. Stay blessed. Thank you.